What's up, what's up, guys? You're listening to Everybody Has an Opinion, the podcast where real sports is talked by real people. I'm having a great, great week because I'm here with my boys, Brandon and Jason. We're going to give you guys a great show today. So much to talk about, so much to detail. Um, for those that weren't there last week, let me just break something down to you real quick. We had a phenomenal, phenomenal experience with our opinionists. They came on the show, they really gave us a lot of depth, they really broke things down really well, and that's one of the things we want to make a hallmark of this particular podcast. If you feel like you like what you're hearing, you feel like you could be a part of this or you can contribute to this in a way where we elevate the conversation, feel free to contact us, be a part of what we got. Yeah, don't be shy. We're here for you. But, you know, my man Brandon, my man Jason, how you guys been? You know, this is a crazy week in sports, bro. I mean, I, what do we, been, I don't even know where to start. I've been pretty, pretty good, you know. Um, I just want to know uh, what everybody's talking about in the barbershops this week. Mm. You know? And I know it's going to start with uh, a number two in Cleveland. So, um, you know, we could jump really right into it, Jason. How's your week been? And my week's been pretty good, you know. I can't complain at all. Living life, enjoying what's going on in the sports world. You know, it's funny how you just mentioned what's going on in Cleveland. Can't remember the last time we've been in July and we're still talking basketball. Crazy. I mean, you know, we're normally talking about football coming up, but I mean, you know, here we are in July, end of July, and we're still on basketball. So, you know, it's all good. I think the NBA definitely has taken control of the media circuit. You know, LeBron this, LeBron that, Kyrie this, Kyrie that, Golden State here, Golden State there. I mean, yeah, it could be suddenly, but when you really look at it, it's been summer league. Summer, you know what? We we might as well blame LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball is keeping the NBA. So, do you understand that eighty thousand people live streamed uh, a high school basketball game yesterday, the other day? Oh, the AAU game. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. So, anyways. We got a lot to kind of cover, so I think we should just kind of jump into it. For those that are listening, we don't want to keep you waiting. We want to get right to the meat of this, right into the the major topics. Um, The first thing I want to say is, what's going on in Cleveland? Like, really, what's going on in Cleveland? Like, how do we even describe what's really taking place right now? Because, you know, is this a self-destruct, or are they going to bounce back? Is this a soap opera? Is this just drama? can you can you break it down, J- Jason? You, you're you're kind of the guy that knows all that the, the the details. What exactly has happened the last few weeks when it comes to Cleveland? I'm talking about everything. Everything. All right. So let's start with the firing of the GM. So it went from there. You know, from what they were reporting earlier, we had um, the Pacers and the Cavs were looking to make a trade for Paul George, that would have sent Kevin Love to the Nuggets and um, a couple other pieces to Indiana. And that fell through. And once that fell through, it seemed like Cleveland fired the GM. And from there, everything went downhill. Uh, They've been reporting that Kyrie has been unhappy ever since last season at the end of uh, the finals when they won. Really? Where did that report come from? Um, They were talking about it online. Uh, Stephen A. talked about it a little bit as well, and they were saying that he was unhappy last year, and he didn't really say much. He kind of played through this season, and then after the loss this year, it kind of all came out. 
So, you know, it's just been a spiral downward uh, effect going on in Cleveland, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, you're hearing LeBron upset now and saying he just wants Kyrie out. They're even reporting that he is in behind-the-scenes talks and trying to get Cleveland to push the trade uh, to Phoenix to bring in Jackson, but Phoenix is... That was draft day news. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that was draft day news. Yeah, that, I think that's kind of what started this whole thing with Kyrie being upset to, to begin with. Um, what was going to happen was the fourth pick, which we know was, I think, Josh Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, so him and Eric Bledsoe were going to be a part of a package to get Paul George to Indiana. I mean, I'm sorry, Paul George to Cleveland. Did you guys hear about that? No. No, didn't hear about that one. Yeah, and so what happened was from the story, I mean, I got this from Twitter, so I don't know how official <laughs> this is, but you know, if the president could tweet <laughs> about certain things, and we won't get that deep uh, about news, I guess this could be news too. If it's but, Twitter official, it's real. Yeah, so um, <laughs> the, the, where it died was Dan Gilbert wanted LeBron to basically okay the deal and say he was going to stay if they brought Paul George, because obviously if Paul George came, LeBron didn't stay, Paul George is not staying either. Yeah. You know, jetted for Los Angeles. So it was just some interesting news to see that this is a lot deeper than Kyrie just saying, hey, I want to be the alpha dog and I want to leave. I think this has been brewing for quite some time. I think this has probably been brewing since LeBron got there before they even started playing. Okay. To be completely honest, okay. if, if, well, if I'm going to give my take on that. Yeah, because when they first talked about it, um, just before Kyrie signed his extension that year, LeBron was still in Miami. It was the summer that he decided to go back to Cleveland. And two weeks after Kyrie signed that extension, here comes LeBron. So, you know, Kyrie's mind, you're going from, I'm going to be the man. I'm going to try to do something for the city of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And now here comes the savior. So, you know, what's really weird about this, though. Whenever whenever I have this conversation with anybody, I had this conversation at the gym. um, You go from losing 50 plus games. You go from losing 50-plus games to going to the finals every single year, and you're still finding room to complain. Why? Because you're not the biggest star. Can we agree Kyrie Irving or LeBron coming to Cleveland brought way more exposure to Kyrie Irving than when he was having comeback wins against OKC or comeback wins against the Spurs. It was like the minute LeBron got there, how many people who had no idea who Kyrie was all of a sudden became Irving fans? I could agree with that. But But do you also agree that it takes a level of obsession it takes a level of some ego to, to become a professional athlete. Would you agree that? Yeah. Some, so it's not necessarily what gets done to some of these athletes. It's who's doing it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not getting the respect and the praise I feel due, because guess what people talk about in the finals when they actually beat the Warriors? They talk about LeBron's block. They don't talk about Kyrie's shot. They talk about the shot. Mm, no, the, the shot, shot. The shot's big. The shot's I've heard big. people Come say on. crazy He's, stuff like, "Look, Kyrie won the championship for them." I, I honestly but felt I Kyrie should have been the MVP. 
the finals MVP. I, 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 There's no way. No, no way a guy who triple just leads on triple every doubles. yeah, every statistical category. No, last not last year now. We're not talking about this past no, final. Oh, yeah, he led both teams in every statistical category. I thought LeBron, Kyrie was the better player in that series. There's just in no my way. opinion. You really no, believe I, I disagree that? with that. I, I do. I, I feel okay. I feel he he showed up. I mean, he's the and one that really And LeBron didn't. Well, I'm not I'm not saying LeBron didn't. I'm just saying Kyrie stepped his game up to another level that put them in position to win. I felt LeBron made a lot of defensive stops, but Kyrie clamped down too. I mean, you think about it. Go back three years now. Kyrie doesn't blow out his kneecap in that first game. Remember, that, game went, in, that, game, that game went into overtime. Kyrie had an amazing game. And LeBron got him two by himself. Right. So we could be talking a different story. Now, who knows how he would feel if they won two out of three? Well, I don't even think that's the issue. I think the issue is Kyrie feels as though no matter what happens in Cleveland, no matter how he is the closer, no matter how he's the reason that, you know, some would say, like you said, Jason, he might have been the MVP. Kyrie wants some recognition. He wants some acknowledgement and he's not getting that right now as the second fiddle to the greatest basketball player in the world right now so i think that's more so of his concern not championships what 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 i don't understand is he gets more shots than lebron he only five players in the entire nba shot more than he did last year his numbers are all going up across the board he's a household name you know, he's respected. People say he's the best finisher in the NBA. Handles, nobody has better handles than him. You know, this type of stuff that he gets, he's getting all kinds of accolades. When he was doing it without LeBron and catching L's, we weren't, he was never gonna get the type of shine he's getting now. But now he's getting that type of shine. And the only reason he doesn't like it is because he's not the focal point of the offense. You shoot more than anybody else, but you're not the focal point of the offense. That matters. To certain people. That's powerful. That's powerful. I think, I personally think that he's getting the wrong counsel. I'm going to add the fact that he's 25 years old. I'm going to add the fact that he, he's got certain people around him that are speaking into his life, whether it's Kobe Bryant or whether it's just his inner circle. I'm going to take a fact. You the think f- Kobe would take second fiddle to LeBron? No. No. So if Kyrie thinks he's Kobe and getting mentorship from Kobe. Correct. No, I get it. I just yeah. don't, I don't agree with it. Okay. I think I think when I sit down and look at the facts, I think there's a certain level of great. I mean, if you want to go play for the Knicks and put 50 points up a game, but you know only win 25 games, feel free, do that. But you know, I feel one of the things I've always said, and anyone that I've had a conversation with Kyrie about, I've always said he's a selfish player, and he is, and it even reflects back on what's going on right now. I mean, you've never been to the finals or even the playoffs, the playoffs up right? until. You know, LeBron came back, and now you've been three straight years. You have a championship under your belt. The selfishness is coming back out again. And Mm -hmm. for him, he might be one of those players that's just happy he has one ring, and it's not about the amount of rings. And like Brandon said, it's the recognition. He just wants to be recognized as the best player on the team and not, oh, you're only getting this ring or you've only going to the finals because of LeBron. And I think maybe that's his problem. His ego might be getting the best of him because what's going to end up happening, he has no say in what Cleveland does. So he could end up with the Brooklyn Nets and he'll be in a miserable situation. You know, he won't taste the playoffs. And like you guys just said, he may only win 25 games. 
but what he may lead the league in scoring. Is this LeBron's fault at all in terms of something he's directly doing, or does this have a more of an indirect LeBron effect? You know, as a super huge LeBron fan, I don't want to be biased. I'm going to assume that this has to do with him a little bit because, you know, gener- direct or indirect? I think it's indirect. I yeah, think as a great indirect. player, I think as a great player, he, he asks a lot out of his teammates. I think when they're underperforming, he's going to yell at them. He's going to make them feel some type of way. These guys were the men in college. They were the man in, in high school. They were the man in their, their city. You know what I mean? So they don't want to hear it from another guy. They don't care about, you know, there's just, it, in that locker room, it's like everybody, some people say that sometimes LeBron throws people under the bus. Like when he said they're top heavy and they need to find another playmaker, you know, that could have been, that could have got under Kyrie's right. skin. So then you that know? means so, it would be more of a direct effect then because LeBron is, got his hands into so much in that organization that the ownership come to him say hey what should we do what should we do does this deal make sense should we trade this person and that's why they had to edit the deal i just told you about about the paul george situation so that's why i died lebron from the report i'm not saying right and that's but again and i think that's where Kyrie might have an issue as well that this guy is only a player he is not an owner. He's not the general manager. He is just another player on the team, mm-hmm. and he has more say than a general manager, than the head coach. How is it that you have a player that could dead a deal? I feel like I feel like the NBA has been a player-led league for, for decades. Yeah, you don't think Michael had that type of influence, possibly, but, Kobe? But what I'm saying maybe? is, though, that is what Kyrie is probably dealing with as well and is tired of it. Okay. And so you that's know, a and, direct LeBron effect. Right. That's a direct LeBron effect. You know, because reports even, you know, what they said. Saying, but even keep our e- name out of your mouth. Right. If but you even when me. even when LeBron was here in Miami, you know, one of the things that they were reporting a lot was that his camp was unhappy because Pat Riley wasn't giving in to all of those requests like and everything that, that like, he was Pat, getting <laughs> he was getting in Cleveland. Exactly. Pat Riley isn't gonna just kiss your butt you know pat riley is one of those legends who he'll sell you on the dream but he's not going to give up his pride and his statue and his everything just to make you happy so that was one of the things they said lebron wasn't too happy about here in miami that his inner circle didn't have the luxuries they did or the influence that they did when he was in cleveland Mm -hmm. So, you know, LeBron LeBron plays – he wears a lot of hats. You know, he but, wears a lot but, of hats. But it's resulted in winning. It's resulted in, in being number one in the conference consistently. It's resulted in Kyrie never having to guard the, the, the best player on the opposing team. It's resulted in, you know, this man getting open lanes for him to perform the way he needs to perform. If people just started double-teaming and clapping down on Kyrie, they'd shut him down. I mean, there's just a, a limitation to his game because his of his size. Yeah, and, right. and there's just certain things that he just never will be able to do. As much as he wants to be Kobe, he can't be Kobe. He can't be Kobe. I love Kyrie. The worst part about this is that he's he's Kyrie. The fact that he's Kyrie. If it was somebody else, this would be so easy to talk about. Right. But it's kind of hard to talk bad about Kyrie because we all love him. We get it. You're a baller. You are an elite point guard in the NBA. You but are an elite really scorer. Yeah, he's a scorer. But he, I mean, five point six assists. Five point six assists isn't bad. It's not. It's okay. not top tier. It's not top tier, and it is selfish. Obviously, as a point guard, you want to get more than five assists. You want to do better than that. But he. It, Here's my thing. He could pass if he wanted to, if he wanted to. But you know what? I think that comes back to ego again. 
I feel like that comes back with the ego because if he passes, now LeBron looks like the better player. I feel like it's almost that a competition between the two of them. That inner conflict competition between the two. He's like, I want to be the man, so I need to go out there and show everybody that this is what I can do, and I don't need LeBron to be there for me to do it. I think it's a necessary evil, too, to some degree, because if Kyrie didn't do what he did in the finals of, what was that, 2016, mm-hmm. they don't win. Yeah, and if he doesn't have this mentality, and that's they don't why I win. feel he should have been the MVP of that finals. Just my yeah. opinion. Do you understand if LeBron didn't exist, they're not even there? <laughs> oh, but you know I mean, that's like, that's like, what do you say? I Bro. get what you're saying, but you know, it's kind of like, okay, he set the table for him, and yeah, he he may have, and he you know, yeah, you know, I mean, that's cool. All right, but and you if, got, if, what's if more LeBron, the food at the table, but if LeBron didn't play here in Miami. We wouldn't have had another two championships. Agreed. So you know, I mean, LeBron this is, is all a pro Le- LeBron right now. I mean, LeBron. LeBron is a big piece. That's. I mean, because the conversation is, how is it that someone like Kyrie really doesn't want to play with LeBron? I mean, it, it's so evident that he wants to get out of Cleveland, and it's he doesn't want to play with LeBron. He, so he's given up on trying to win championships. Can it, we agree that he has to? He had to. He had right? to. Okay. So he we, had to. That's the general consensus. He's, it's not about championships anymore for him. Okay, no, I think else. it's all about personal accolades now. I think it's all about personal accolades. He wants to, like we said, he wants to be the man. He wants to make sure he could go out there and put up 50 points and have everyone like, damn, did you just see Kyrie is drop he, 50? Is he jealous of Russell Uncle Westbrook Drew. and James Harden? Is he jealous of, of Damian Lillard? Is he but jealous you know of, what? of John Wall? I would hope he wouldn't be because none of those guys have a ring. Thank you. So I would hope he wouldn't be jealous of them because well, maybe you might like the situation better. Well, but think about the teams, think about the teams he has quote unquote requested to be traded to. The Knicks? You have the Knicks. <laughs> He's from New the York. Heat. Okay, so we give him that. You got the, the Knicks, the Heat. How homesick can you really be? <laughs> when you're Minnesota <laughs> and San Antonio. Okay. Let's let's all agree that if he went to San Antonio, he still wouldn't be the man. Nope. Because Kai um, Kawhi right. is going to be the man, so he's going to have to play second fiddle again there. Now the other teams, maybe, but even Jimmy Minnesota. Butler's Jimmy the Butler's the man Jackson in Minnesota, man. so he's going to play maybe second or third fiddle in Minnesota. Now you go to New York. Everybody's going to love him, but you got KP there, who is an up and coming star. So, yes, you have more recognition in him, so you may have the opportunity to be the man there. Come down to Miami. I mean, you have names that we all know because we're from here. I mean, I love Whiteside. I love Drogic, but obviously Kyrie. The only, the only thing I'll disagree with you is Miami because if he comes to Miami, Miami becomes an Eastern, a Eastern contender. Well, Miami, I think Miami I think, could go. Miami could beat Cleveland. But I feel with the team. On, I feel on, with on the a, team. On an off day. But I feel with the team Miami has now, they could beat Cleveland. Right. So I mean, Kyrie to me will just make them better. But you know, I had this conversation with my dad, and you know, one thing I wouldn't want the Heat to do is sell the house for Kyrie. I'd rather you just rent a they room out. They did it for Dragons. But we. But look. But look what happened. They had to somewhat rebuild. You know, that, that turned into a panic move. Once LeBron left, and they... Bosch got hurt. Well, no thing. And then, but when LeBron left, they gave Bosch all that money. They gave Wade another big contract. It was a lot of panic moves that happened once LeBron left. And then once Bosch got uh, injured or sick, right, right, right. They, they panicked again. And they started making other moves. So I felt like a lot of the moves the Heat made were panic moves. 
So where's the best place for him to go? Honestly, he needs to suck it up and stay in Cleveland. Like, he just needs to get over what's going on and, and just stay there. But out of the four teams, Miami will probably be the, his best fit. But they won't get it. But Miami has nothing to give for him. Exactly. I don't feel Miami has the trade assets so or the assets? pieces. Uh, the, the only assets I think that would be an even trade or at least something that makes sense for Cleveland long term is if, if they added Josh Jackson to the Phoenix trade and gave him well, Eric Bledsoe, Josh Jackson, and maybe to, uh, but, Tyson Chandler. But what if um, they made a trade with the Celtics? What about Isaiah wouldn't Thomas? Never, wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. But Why you would think, you do that? Why would you give I your mean, rivals? But, you have, but the Celtics have a lot of trade assets because now they're going to operate on LeBron not coming back next year. Correct. They're going to operate on this is going to be LeBron's last year. And that's what a lot of people are hinting towards that Kyrie wants out now so he doesn't have to go through maybe another rebuild and going back to the be- – he'd rather leave before LeBron leaves. So I, I would agree with that if he didn't pick New York as one of his destinations. Well, I think but, that's a home thing, though. That's, but that's then, the only thing that makes sense. Or he's colluding with Carmelo Anthony to get to Cleveland. Like, what else makes sense? <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot doesn't really make sense. But, you know, they, they have a lot of – I feel Boston does have a lot of assets – to uh, make that trade happen. So, you know, we'll just wait and see. You know, it's been an interesting summer, and we'll just wait and see how this goes. Is that the only thing going on in Cleveland, though, before mm-hmm. we move on to this topic? Is it, is it the only thing? Okay, Griff no. got fired. No. Uh, obviously, Kyrie is having this issue. Uh, Derek Rose, what do we think about that? Like, do we think that's a panic move, or do we think that was just the best of the worst that, you know, that's left? Who, you know? Yeah, who's better than Derek Rose that's available right now? I mean, he's right now the best he was since he signed that one-year deal for next to nothing. 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 But I guess $2.1 million when you don't have that kind of money is something. So I would take $2.1 million. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, left on the market, you know, he was the best point guard because you start looking at what he did in years past, you're hoping that you could get something out of him in this season, especially – with what's going on with Kyrie. So I think they had to do everything they could mm-hmm. to make sure they got him. Is he a starter or is he a backup? Well, if Kyrie's if there, Kyrie's, he's a backup. But if, he, if Kyrie's not there, he's a yeah, starter. Yeah, he's a starter. He's a starter. And, you know, one of the things I think we need to put into account is the fact that a lot of players, when they team up with LeBron, in a sense, it's resurrected their career or put them Give in a better me an example. J.R. Smith. Okay. It's not that J.R. Smith necessarily's performance-wise on the field, on the court, improved dramatically. More so, his personal out off the court situations, and he'll he'll be the first to tell you that. And when you look at players that you know you would think would be dead in the water, like a Richard Jefferson, some guy you think like, man, yeah, yeah, how come on this guy hasn't retired yet? And that man's you know, dunking on people. Yeah, still. you get what I'm saying? There's the, your lane. The lanes are wider. You're, you're getting that pass, you know, on time. You know, there's just people are, are worried about what LeBron's gonna do, so you can get away with murder. Right. You know, there's just give a guy with the ability of Derrick Rose, whether you're going to get him for 30 games, whether you're going to get him for (laughs) 70 games, you know you're not getting him for 82. That's fine. But give that guy a chance with freedom. Give that guy a chance with some open lanes to do what he does even now. He's only 28 years old. The knees may be shot, but he's still a young man. And you're you're gonna see something out of it. I think he's gonna give us more than more than he did last year. He did eighteen and four last year. I think he'll have improved numbers this year. 
if he starts, not if he comes off. Correct. The bench. Of course. Of okay. course. Okay. Of course. All right. So how do how do we feel about this topic? Is it is it still alive or or should we move on? I mean, we could definitely move on, but because we can kind of go into what the the other stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the other. There we go. There we go. There we go. Beautiful. JB is is just on time. Now, I mean, before we jump into anything new. I think we should definitely let my man Jason kind of let us know what's going on just in case we missed anything important. All right, here we go, guys. Just in case, you know, we mentioned this new segment last week, just in case you missed anything in the world of sports. Uh, but I want to actually retract something. My boy Antoine, shout out Antoine Player. He let me know that Wayne Rooney is no longer the captain of England. Harry Kane is. So I just wanted to put that out there and uh, retract because last week I did mention Wayne Rooney was the captain of the English national team. So Thanks in news this week, we have uh, Jordan Spieth winning the Open Championship, second youngest player to have three legs of the Grand Slam completed thus far. Who's the youngest? Jack Nicholas. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, Brandon Knight, the guard for the Phoenix Suns, tore his ACL. Oh, no, he's BK from out here. Yeah, so he's done for the season. Uh, NFL News training camps opened up. Le'Veon Bell is a no-show for the Steelers. Oh, it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, contract he dispute. He check because he's the best in the league. Uh, no, everyone heard about Lucky Whitehead and his, his situation with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, for those of you that are unaware of what happened. Well, Lucky Whitehead is a wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys and formal, formally <laughs> a receiver of the Dallas Cowboys. He was released because there was speculation of him um, getting arrested or, or caught stealing, but it was just a mistake of identity. And we all know the Cowboys have an issue with having a players on their team with uh, issues. Uh, Novak Djokovic out for the rest of the season. He's going to miss the rest of the 2000 season with an elbow injury. He was actually the heavy favorite to win the U.S. Open starting next month. Little tennis there. Les Miles interested in the Ole Miss job. As you all know, Les Miles was released by LSU during uh, the middle of last season. And Hugh Freeze is out as Old Miss after resigning for his escort scandal. <laughs> uh, this weekend, John Jones versus DC in UFC Fight 214. They've been scheduled to fight five times. Five, you know. Five, and uh, you know John Jones has been twice been suspended for drugs and i think one time dc was injured <laughs> yeah he can't stay off so you know hopefully hopefully nothing comes back negative between now and saturday because that would that would suck i mean they've been hyping this one up for some time now who do you think is gonna win you know that's a tough one because john bones jones he hasn't he hasn't fought in a while but he's still him. But he, I, I agree, he's still him. But you know, when you haven't been in the ring in ring rust is a real thing. Yeah, so you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes out. Uh, Jamaica stuns Mexico in the Gold Cup semifinal. Talking soccer for all of you fans out there. But guess what happened in the final? They fell short to the U.S. two to one with wow. a late goal by Jordan Morris in the 89th minute. 
which is actually the U.S.'s sixth Gold Cup title and the first since 2013. <laughs> now, for something a little funny, Julio Jones. Okay. Let's yeah. hear about this. He yeah. hires divers to try and find his $150,000 earring in a lake. He lost it while he was jet skiing, so he hired people to find this diamond earring. So let's just talk a little utilitarian or just kind of uh -huh. philosophy wise. Like, do uh -huh. you actually tell him you found it? Because you know he's not paying you $150,000. You know? I don't know. I, you know, honestly, I might just put it in my pocket and be like, um, yeah, sorry, we didn't, we didn't find, find it. it. <laughs> you know, with that contract you have, you could probably get a new one. So interesting enough, uh, we've been told that we have uh, someone. Yeah, so, so um, what, what, my, what my brother was about to say. <laughs> yeah, I kind of got um, we, Yeah, now you good. <laughs> we, um, we actually did have somebody who contributed an opinionist from last week, my man Kenzie, on the line with us. Um, Kenzie, you there? All right, great, great. Listen, I just want you to stay put because, you know, my man Jason's cu cutting through just in case. And the minute we get through just in case, you know, we can jump into the next topic. And I already know you're going to have something to say about that. And you're probably going to have a lot to really add to that. So I just wanted to announce that you was here. For anybody that's listening, you guys have that ability to call in, too. You don't always have to be in the studio to make it happen. So the last little bit of thing I have in just in case, uh, John Gruden's actually trying to prepare for a comeback in the coaching world. Checky. Yeah, he actually, uh, he, he spoke out and said, you know, he's been talking to some people. Now, who those people are, we don't know yet. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see, we'll see if he makes a, a coaching comeback here shortly. Okay. So, so that was just in case. I hope everyone got their nice daily dose of maybe what they missed in the last week. Mm -hmm. And so we'll go ahead and continue uh, with the rest of the show. Kenzie, how you doing, bro? Absolutely, man. You know, because nobody could ever ask us if we're working hard or hard at work. Make, you make sure you talk. Hard. Make sure you talk loud on that phone, mm -hmm. man, because we gotta. We, you, you coming off kind of low. You scared this week, bro? You <laughs> <laughs> trying to stay low key? You can't be low key on the podcast, boy. We better. We got. We gotta hear you. Awesome. You know, it's a great show to follow, so I have to be there for y'all. We appreciate, appreciate that, my brother. We appreciate that a lot. Um, so basically, the next particular topic, this is something that kind of coincides with what we just kind of discussed, but, that's but on a deeper level, because basically we're witnessing another unfortunate sports breakup where people, if they just could have got it all together, made it work, could have continued dominating in the, the sport, doing what they do, but instead, who knows? It could be petty things. It could be situations that are outside of our control. It could be contract issues, whatever it may be. Over the years, we just keep seeing something like this happen where right. people just should have stuck together, but they didn't, and they ended up just being terrible situations that we regret and we wish were not the way they were. So right now, let's kind of let's talk about when have, we, when, when have we seen this before is this another Kobe and Shaq situation? Is this another? I think it's a more of a Stefan Marbury uh, KG situation. Mm. Um, but that's not necessarily the breakup I wanted to talk about. Go ahead. To be honest. Um, does anybody recall uh, back in the day? Because we are from sunny South Florida. Does anybody recall what the greatest 
uh, college football coach of all time did to us, and I'm not talking Bear Bryant. I'm talking Nick Saban. Nick Saban. I knew you were going to say <laughs> that Nick guy. Saban. Yeah, he did try us. Do, do you recall him saying, hate I'm not hate going him, to be the coach? And I hate Alabama. Alabama. Go Gators. Do, do we not remember that? Yeah. That how just bad happened. A, how bad? No, that was bad. That was bad. Like, how, how are you such a guy about integrity and discipline to, to say one day you're not going to be the coach? Yeah. And then you blast one of your quarterbacks for transferring, saying you got to stick something out, right? Mm-hmm. But he definitely didn't stick it out here. He was 9-7 and seven in his first year and 6-10 and 10 in his, seventh, his second year. Yeah. It was time for him to go anyway. Really? Yeah. You don't he think he could have resurrected the, Dolph- the Dolphins? The one, thing, the one thing I could give Nick Saban is he's good with the young kids. He's good with trying to build that character and Girl, a lot of character building too, Jason. but you know what <laughs> it's hard for a grown man to try to build the character of 53 grown men okay and i feel for that purpose it didn't sit well like he couldn't handle it i felt like it was too much pressure for him and he just couldn't handle the nfl level because you see, you notice it. A lot of college coaches, when they come to the NFL level, it doesn't always work out the same. Hmm. You know, Pete Carroll had his is stint it, before, and it an didn't work out. But he came back. And, and he came back, and, I mean, he's done exceptionally well with Seattle. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Or dynamic players. You think that has a lot to do with yeah, it within like, the coaching level? I, yeah, I feel like those guys, they handpick their job based on what type of demographic they're in, what type of conference they're in, and what players are coming in and what they have. Like, he came to the Dolphins situation, he was praising Ted Ginn Jr. And we all knew that he was a bust, and he picked him and like, was saying that that was going to be the case. And if he, if he works well with the younger kids, then how come his rookies all flop? You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I feel like he just went to a bandwagon team and a great conference and a football state. You know, he, he set up to do good. Like, like um, the coach in Florida that went to Ohio State. Oh, Urban Meyer. Exactly. Like, they great when they have Hate them too. players already in place and they got a good <laughs> Yeah, he did the same. But okay. to me, like, a good coach is, is, is good in every category. Like, I feel like, yeah, they don't transmit well in the league or in the pros, but if you could, if you took Greg Popovich and put him on um, Texas Tech University, they'll be a great team anyway. Okay, you know I can agree with that. So, so I, like, even Phil Jackson is starting to be questionable on, on a breakup situation when he has a dynamic player. Yeah, he does good, but if he doesn't, his system looks crap. <laughs> that's a really interesting point. That's you a great made. point, actually, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because yeah, really Phil Jackson point. is widely considered as, as one of the greatest coaches of all time, but is it just because he had great teams, or was it because he's a great coach? As somebody that, that yeah, I mean, I, I played that. I played the triangle. You know, I had to work that, learn that system. The system is real, and it's not it's not Phil's system, obviously. It's text, I think it's text winners. Well, it says, and, and um, you know, the triangle and the what he ran, yes, when it's applied the right way and, and he is the Zen master and all those things, I think all, all of that stuff does matter. But I don't think, I don't want to disregard the fact that because he had dynamic players, that he wasn't a good coach. Sometimes you need to be a good coach to coach dynamic players. If not, they will run all over you. They won't respect you. You won't get the best out of them. These guys were not winning championships prior to Phil Jackson. 
He got there. Then they started to win. They were still players. But they were ascending. Like, think about the okay. Bulls. Okay. Doug Collins got them. I'm, if Don't quote me on this. But he at least got them to the semifinals of the, the uh, Eastern Conference. Okay. I think he actually got them to the conference finals, if I'm not mistaken. So what usually happens in basketball? You get to the second or third round. And then the next year, you go to the finals and you, you win. Yeah. So whether he was there or not, I'm not saying that Doug Collins is a better coach than Phil Jackson. I'm just saying... Doug Collins probably could have taken the Bulls to the finals and won with Michael Jordan. That's all. Okay. Well, I feel like his personality had to mess with Jordan. Yeah, I think that was a problem, Doug Collins and Jordan. Like, you know what I mean? You have to have a passive coach to let him be the alpha male of the building, not just the court. Um, I think that was a great fit for that team, just the same way he fit well with Shaq and Kobe. Great big personalities, big players. Shaq is more vocal than Kobe, but Kobe is more, you know, on the court, you know, aggressive. So they have to get somebody passive on the bench to understand. Even with Steve Kerr being passive on the bench with the great talents that he has, I think that's just a great fit for that. But other situations, you would need a more in-your-face coach. Like Kyle Pari, he needs to be in-your-face yeah, coach. Yeah, he's a yell monster. To respect like... his system while they're going through his system. But let me ask this. Since we are – we brought up Phil Jackson – Phil Jackson in New York, bad breakup. Terrible. One of the worst. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's we could add that to the Both list, too. Married. Yeah, one of, one of the worst. I think that, um, and I just kind of want to go back to the point about, even though this is not the topic, mm-hmm. college coaches jumping back and forth between the professional ranks and the collegiate ranks. Calipari was just brought up. He didn't have a good stint in the, in the NBA. I think Rick, uh, Rick Pitino. Great college coach, not so great in the NBA. So I guess there is something to be said about your point, Jason, in terms of Nick Saban not being able to handle. I feel. The, I feel like if we if we take this topic and save it for next week and go back and research so far as personnel per coach, we'll make a more valid point. Because I feel like Rick Pitino didn't have that big personality and he's a passive type coach. But look at a situation where. Even when Chuck Daly coached the, the, the Olympic team, he's an aggressive coach, but and I think he had to be passive to be able to match all the talent together. It, it's, it's ego playing, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Calipari, he coached the Sixers, that's on the way up. He'll have him play a lot harder than if he coached a situation where he had star players that yeah, could, could be really true. don't like the aggressive style coach. Now, what what are some other what are some other like crazy breakups? Yeah, we'll you know, I'm, right now we've been talking a little bit about players and coaches. I mean, what about teams leaving particular organizations? Was uh, was Vince Carter leaving Toronto a crazy breakup or a weird situation? Do y'all remember? See, we were young, but do y'all remember how that went down? I can't recall. The man, let me tell you, this is what he did, mm-hmm. man. This is what he did. He he mailed in like a quarter of the season, so for twenty games he didn't play. Like he just. He, he, he didn't – he told him he wanted to be traded. He didn't really try. And then for, like, the first quarter of the season, he didn't – I'm going to give you some examples. Out of the 20 games he played for Toronto versus the 57, he played for the, uh, the Nets. Okay. The Nets. Look at his points. Points per game, he was averaging 15.9 with Toronto. Right. Once and, he got to the Nets, it went up to – right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he got to Nets, 
it went up to 27.5. <laughs> Assists, it was from 3.1. When it went to nets, it was about 4.7. Rebounds, 3.3. It went up to 5.9. Um, field goal percentage, it was like 41%. It went up to 46%. 3.32 went up to 42. Free throw, this is where it really was showing. He was a 69% free throw shooter like versus an eight. He literally did not try. But, uh, you know, what's funny is that um, his defensive stats were, <laughs> were, the, were same. the same, which, which, is, which is funny because, like, even when he's trying, he, that doesn't include defense. defense right, you know right, what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so when I, when I think about a, a crazy try, I remember when he, he left. I was like, man, that's your team, though. Like, that's your team. Mm -hmm. Why would you leave? And, you know, he did. Do you ever feel like in actual male and female relationships that – a female ever just like gets bad like those events and yeah just like <laughs> i'm gonna show you how bad i am and now she's pulling out the, the, so the michael cores pull, 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 pull now and she just you ever feel like she just kind of get dolled up like has ever been a situation like that with either one of y'all like she was just with the the head wraps but then when she broke up with you she just kind of started laying her hair down or, oh yeah Oh yeah, they 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 all of a sudden learn how to upgrade themselves immediately. <laughs> now they all of a sudden they found that makeup. They found all this. That's they a found real bad that. breakup. They're like, whoa! Transformations create. I think <laughs> bad breakups create transformation. Pressure burst spikes, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So let me just let me reel off a few, and y'all let me know if these are actually Go ahead. Go ahead. bad breakups. <laughs> what about Peyton Manning in Indianapolis? How do we? Very sad, heartbreaking. But was it a bad breakup? Uh, I don't think it was a they bad it, They handled it gracefully, so it wasn't a bad breakup. Yeah. It, but impact-wise, it was a very severe impact. Thank God they yeah, got Yeah, because he had three luck. great seasons yeah. afterwards. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they didn't want to get rid of him in the first place, but, you know, he was old. His years are numbered. They got to start thinking future. They had a guy in place. They, I mean, I think it was a great move for both of them. Right, right, right. Because you, you, you they think. They didn't have a roster to compete for a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. He went great. to two Super Bowls and had three MVP-like seasons. Yeah. That's that's kind of, you know, for an old man with neck surgery, that's pretty remarkable. Absolutely. But we, we're talking about bad breakups. I think, like, if he would have stayed at Indianapolis, he wouldn't have got that. Right, 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 right. So that what about. Roster, that roster. Go ahead, go ahead. Was oh, absolutely. Yeah, but Luck took them to a, an 11 and 5 season the next year, so I mean, I think Peyton could have did at least the same. Yeah. Uh, you know how that goes, man. When you when you see those first rookie quarterbacks, new offensive coordinator, they always have like a good couple seasons. Like I, I always see like a good quarterback and the right. You know, you don't have to have a great team. They they, they put the ball in his hand more than anybody else. So yeah. you're going to get some wins in that division. But I feel like a real competitor, like to say, like Peyton Manning had MVP seasons and Super Bowl wins. Right, like right. to be in that same caliber. Because we're talking about like if you would have stayed at Indianapolis, would it have been greater? I don't think so. Okay. I feel like, you know, the great breakups like Shaq and Kobe, they stayed. Attitudes kind of leveled out. We're looking at dynasty for a couple, five more years. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. But they, but they didn't like each defense. other. But they didn't like each other for so long. They they didn't like each other for almost eight years, and they they stuck yeah. it out for a while. They, yeah, they, they, yeah. they went through it. I think that they, might be the Mount Rushmore of bad breakups, though. Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, because what about I, Penny yeah. and Shaq? No, because Penny's not Kobe. You're talking about, but if yeah, you're talking but, about but ugliness, Penny, Penny, if you're talking about Penny ugliness, hurt, if you're talking about ugliness, that's one thing. But what about shock value? I think we weren't I, surprised when Kobe I, I'm, and Shaq I'm more broke so up. talking about impact. Like, okay, for instance, let me let me kind of go uh, with this list here. Like, what about Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys? Sad, That's but I I, I'm okay with that one because he came to Philly, 
and he he that's when he brought us you know that's those were the Dawkins years that's when we you know that no, was no 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 Jimmy Johnson from the Cowboys the Cowboys the head coach are we talking about the head coach? Population. Yeah, you got me. You got me. I thought you were talking about, I thought you were talking about uh, the defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator, the old guy. He looks like George Burns. Yeah. Isn't that a thing, too? No, I'm talking about Jimmy Johnson from the U. How about them Cowboys? That's what I'm talking oh about. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That was a bad breakup. Oh. What yeah. about T.O. and Elliot's team? Did you say T.O. and all his teams? <laughs> I don't think Frisco was that bad. Him and Jeff Garcia weren't that bad. Like, I think him and, and he really liked Tony Romo. Oh, yeah. So, I think. I remember what? Nah, it was pretty bad. That boy, I think Philly uh, was the worst, though. I called him a homosexual, remember? <laughs> <laughs> I think Philly was the worst, though. Him and Donovan, because Donovan, you know, really started to, I guess, advocate for other people's money when T.O. kind of wanted a little bit of that for himself. Mm-hmm. And it never happened. Like, he was kind of in Brian Westbrook's business but didn't get into your star wide receiver's business. And I think T.O. kind of took that personally, you know. And so I think that's what really made that a, a bad breakup, you know, because it's almost like even in regular jobs, like, you never really discuss finances. Like, you don't even ask your boy next to you, like, at the call center, like, bro, you making twelve fifty? Because I'm only making twelve. So now when you broadcast broadcast this and say as the quarterback of the team, like, I really don't get into that. But you get into it, and then T.O. kind of wanted you to get into it for him. It's, it's a really bad situation. I feel like Marbury, the, I feel like the first one you said was the, was the, the yeah. worst one in terms of just the reason. Yeah, but you know, what, what about LeBron leaving Cleveland? I mean, that was, that was, that was a, Nasty breakup. Yeah, I mean, you had the owner writing pretty much a hate letter. Yeah. So yeah. I mean that that's yeah. a nasty right. breakup they, right they, there. They gave um they gave Dallas an award. They they sent Dallas an award because of <laughs> yeah. You remember? Imagine if Twitter was popping. It yeah, was. To, to it was degree, kind of. But not like. But not like now. now. Not like oh now. But no, God. that was a big one. The the financial impact that LeBron leaving caused for it's Cleveland like as a city. Depression. Yeah. And then, like, what was it? What was it? It was a super number. It was like four hundred million dollars or something like and that. And then Miami, he just kind of boosted our yeah, economy. he boosted our economy greatly. So that one, that one hurt. That one definitely hurt. Do you understand though that the reason why I think the the Garnett Marbury one was crazy was there was a lockout because of that. Because Garnett made one hundred twenty six million dollars, it shattered the whole market and it created oh, that yeah, lockout. He, he was one of those Yo, first hundred million dollars. Yeah, guys. and so people were really tight about that. Like they were really upset, at, including Marbury, to think that man, now I can't make no money. There was no max deals though. Yeah. Was, they had to change. They had to they change had that all up. But see, okay, there wasn't enough money to go around. We're though. about to get to that in the NFL thing, but I want you guys to think about this. When we say it's not enough money to go around, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no salary cap in baseball. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> but you think about this, though. Think about this. With baseball, the salary is coming out of the pockets of the owner, our owners. Okay. They're the ones that are paying the salary. So if you have an owner, our owners, that mm-hmm. collectively have a billion dollars, they could pay whatever they need to pay because right. they have the money. So if you have an owner that only has $500 million, okay. they're not going to be able to draw the players because they just don't have their pockets aren't deep enough to so give out it means those more in basketball to be able to spend more money because well that's why that's why they put a cap rich but that's why they league. but that's why they put a cap on basketball you try to help the division of all the teams because if you have one owner that's 
a billionaire or multi-billionaire, however you want to look at it. Like the guy from the Clippers. Right. He could go out there and spend millions of dollars. Like, you know what? Come here. I'll give you a contract five years, 200 million. Oh, you come here too. I'll give you a contract four years, 175. But you only got 12 spots. But but he could throw out stupid money. You only got 12 spots. And then you have to respect the fact that it's a team game, so you can't get 12 LeBron Jameses. It wouldn't work. So, but hold on. Let me just say this before you go there. Right, but they, they, they've only won so many championships in the last 20 yeah. years. And I was going to make that point right. in, the, in, in the next segment, which we're going to talk about this more. So that's what I was about to say. Let's just halt the, the uh, salary cap conversation for the last topic. So uh, what else I wanted to say about breakups, and this might not be in anybody's wheelhouse, but it's, it's definitely historic in the sense of American sports. Babe Ruth leaving the Boston Red Sox has had people in New England for years going, I wanted to say ape yeah. crap. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you get it. The, I get it. The, the it, curse of the great Bambino. And it like, wasn't until they won that championship right, right. that so they that finally was, felt the curse was broken. Correct, correct. So, like, I mean, I guess we really can't speak to it in terms of, like, what actually happened with Babe because we're talking in the 20s. But I think it was one of the worst in terms of impact because that team didn't even really – Recover, yeah. Until <laughs> David Ortiz and, and, That's, and Mary. I got one. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got a, a real bad sports breakup. What about Tiger Woods and his wife? <laughs> what about <laughs> Tony Parker and Eva Longoria? Tony Parker. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it didn't derail his career. Like, right. Once we found out that Tiger Woods had had that side chick. His whole golf hey, Tiger Woods has no game, by the way. Just because you have money, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize that these are actually people and they could be lame too. I just wanted to put that out. No disrespect to Tiger Woods because I definitely respect him. But it really made me realize that just because you have money does not mean you have game. Because Tiger Woods, I, I'm going to just leave it at that. Yeah, I almost, no, no, I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but let, me, let me ask this one. Tell me of this Oh, you David would consider and, uh, Halle Berry oh a God. bad breakup. <laughs> Wade <laughs> leaving Miami. No, not at all. You don't feel Wade leaving Miami was a bad breakup? Not at all. I feel I like mean, that was a bad breakup. That, you, you have to look at it from the standpoint that Wade felt disrespected that he wasn't getting the money he felt he should have gotten. It especially for leaving. It doesn't make sense as to why Pat didn't just pay him. Exactly. And we're, we're talking a couple million dollars from what he took in Chicago to what the Heat offered him. I mean, it was like a $4 million difference or something like that. That's and, a lot of reasons to but, go somewhere else. Bro. But no, but when you start thinking about the, the taxes and everything like that, it works out to be the same exact amount of money because you're not paying the uh, state, state tax state here. Tax. And in Chicago, he's paying that. So, so it's more of the principle of it all. Right, and, and that's why I feel yeah. that was a bad breakup. I mean, you have this player that, He's been your franchise well, marquee player. It. So, you know, I think breakups have a lot to do with how the general public kind of take it. <laughs> That's so unfair. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, the LeBron thing was, like, so terrible because the world was like, oh, my God, you're such no, no, a... No, 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 You're a hired gun. Like, you're going to go everywhere <laughs> just to win the chip. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we're next, L.A.? Come on, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. the world took it so bad, so it seemed like a bad breakup. Like, All right. Then Katie but, and Russ. Oh, Yeah. Terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible yeah, again, breakup. The circumstances, I feel the circumstances. Like that breakup is way behind that time. I feel like if you look at the NBA last year, AD won the MVP of the finals. Russell Westbrook won the MVP of the season. 
and the runner-up was James Harden, which was on that team also. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. crazy. That's true. <laughs> that's I never even looked at it crazy. like that. Right. That's super crazy. I got one more for you guys. One more, one more, one more. Seattle moving to OKC. Yeah, I think uh, I think the, the Supersonics leaving. But you know, Adam Silver just reported that Seattle's on the short list of receiving a, a new team whenever they decide to expand. But would you watch them if they're not the Supersonics? Or they're they're like, gonna. They probably, probably keep the name. They probably keep the name. I mean, they would have to go back to the Seattle Supersonics. I mean, you know, I mean that just would be the natural Didn't fit. Did the Hornets do the same thing? Kind of like retake their name back on because they were the. No, we do have the Hornets and the Bobcats. But right. We, well, no, because no, it used no. to be. Bobcats are gone. Bobcats are gone. Bobcats are gone. So they're, it's they're back Hornets to it's now. back to Hornets. Okay. Because you got to remember, you got to remember, what happened with that was when I believe it was Katrina that came through and it displaced New Orleans. But they're the Pelicans now. But remember, they were Seattle. The New Orleans okay. Hornets. Yeah. Right. But the way OKC ended up with a team is because New Orleans had to play in OKC. Yeah. Because their their stadium or their arena was torn, and then they saw that it could work, right? And that's when that move from Seattle to OKC happened. When the New Orleans Hornets at the time were able to come back to their arena, and then over the last year they just changed their name from uh, Hornets back to the Pelicans. Okay, I mean we kind of we kind of killed it a little bit. So which the, which is out of everything that's been said, what is the worst breakup out of all three? Uh, not all three. Like you said, about ten. What do you think is the worst? Which one's the worst? Go ahead, Chris. I will say, based off of everything we just discussed, I'm gonna go with what you said because I feel like it made the most sense, and that was um, that was Kobe and Shaq. Okay, Kenzie, what do you say? Worst breakup? Uh, Kobe and Shaq too. I feel like they would have been on another level. Yeah, they, Jason. They it out. I'm going with LeBron leaving Cleveland. Okay. 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 The first time, obviously. The, yeah. Well. Well, he hasn't, hasn't left. left he hasn't yet. left yet. Wow. He hasn't left yet. Hey, but yes, the first time. Hold on, I have an announcement to make everybody. <laughs> everybody, this guy's name is really not Christopher Jocks. He is the son of Cleo. You remember that psychic? He knows what's about to happen in the future. LeBron is not staying. You heard it here first. On well, everybody has an opinion. I think the worst breakup. Um, just as dominant as Shaq and Kobe would have been, I think if Jimmy Johnson stays in Dallas. Dallas is the New New England Patriots of the 90s, easily. Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders, Charles Haley, even Troy Aikman, which by all accounts was the leader of that team, said he just got sick and tired of nobody stepping up and saying, hey, this stuff has to stop. And Jimmy was that guy that was the the plug to say, okay, guys, I'm going to let you have a little fun, but playtime is over at some point in time. And Barry Swissel was the guy just to say, hey, I'm just driving around. I don't really care. We won a Super Bowl, whatever, you know. So, I want my... I want a quick redeeming moment as a, <laughs> as a as a Eagles fan. As an Eagles fan, the name that you said it, <laughs> is like a curse word. Right, right. He's a great. He was one of the greatest defensive yeah. coordinators of all so, time. So, actually. so when I'm listening to that, I don't even think about some Cowboys coach. Wow, you don't, I don't think even, about one of the greatest I don't, coaches. I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't want to hear his name. I don't want to. <laughs> as an Eagles fan. Ooh, as last Eagles fan. point with that though. Actually, Jimmy Johnson must be an anomaly because we talked about college coaches mm-hmm. going to the pros. Jimmy Johnson was successful at both. Yeah. So he's a great coach. And I think that makes your point, Kenzie. There you go. Definitely makes your point. All right. So we have to wrap this one particularly up because we do have one last 
thing that we want to discuss, and I mean, we we don't have to take all day. We don't have to take all day. Let's, we're gonna yeah, let's just get in and out. We're just gonna get in. We're just gonna get into it. So <laughs> let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the NFL's been pretty exposed the last couple of years, I could even say, forget months, the last couple of years. As you know, you know, the hottest topic that's been the hottest topic since last year has been Colin Kaepernick and the treatment of the NFL, the league as a whole, to what he did, to the protest. Obviously, people were upset he was disrespecting the flag or whatever you want to call it, and people made a, a huge hoopla about it. I saw a report talking about how the ratings dipped at one point and there was and people were less attendance it it was it is a real thing it's not made up it's not people just talking crazy can i can i interject for two seconds go ahead today on the show where you i think you have and i'm not being disrespectful i guess i am where you have the biggest coon on sports talk radio that's so mean uh jason whitlock <laughs> speak for yourself i just seen it before i came in colin cowherd came on and said these numbers are such baloney. And he basically said that the viewership of 2016 was actually up, hear me now, 5 million people. Oh, wow. Did so, you realize so that some stats. states don't even have 5 million people in them? So let's just, let's just pump our brakes on the propaganda that happened. So it's fake news. And he even said it. Because basically what he said was 12% of the people saying they didn't watch didn't watch because of Colin Kaepernick. 12% out of yeah. 88. But yeah. then it was like 26%. It was like a quarter of 12% only specified that was the only reason. Okay. So t- think about what a quarter of 12% is actually in the entire. Right, right. So Minuscule. Microscopic. So but you know what? Let me To get into this real quick, because I see you guys are trying to massage it. And yeah, we don't want yeah, no, to just throw it out. Look, yeah. The NFL, the owners have a slave mentality. Okay, I'm with you. And the problem is, I don't believe there's any black owners in the NFL. Nope. Now, I'm not 100% sure, but I do not believe there are any. We'll fact check, but you might be right. And the NFL is predominantly black. Absolutely. And I feel these owners have that slave mentality, and that's why, coming back to salary cap issues... They don't like to pay out all that guaranteed money like basketball. They don't like to, they, they want to have a salary cap and not be like baseball because what will end up happening, you'll have these brothers now making so much money that they can put together their money and form a team or buy a team. Mm-hmm. And that Empowers. wouldn't work right. in the good old boys club. Chris, what did you say, like, in our, I guess, our pre-production conversation in terms of the, the, the slave owners aren't going to fund? Yeah, they're not going to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the NFL owners are not going to fund the, the, the slave revolt. Uh-oh, you know, uh-oh. They're, they're, not, they're not going to do that. And so, you know, forget about the money aspect of it. If we get deep into what we've seen in regards to the treatment of, of why, why is Colin Kaepernick not on the NFL team. And the Ravens might save this. We, we, oh, I, know, I almost said that I, was going to be my, my second or third favorite team. Yeah, I know I, the Ravens might save this. Let's let JB chime in real quick, Chris. Go ahead. Uh, don't uh, Serena Williams them co-own the Dolphins? Did they make that? I thought so. I thought they, they You know what? They might have some... I don't know if they have a lot of skin in the game, yeah. but I think you might be right. I feel like the, the Dolphin ownership yeah. has... Serena, I feel like it has Gloria Stefan. Okay. I feel it has a couple other people besides uh, Stephen Ross. Yes, yeah, yeah Stephen yeah. Ross. 
I think okay. Stephen Ross is just the big money man. But I think because I mean a lot of these, a lot of these owners, there are a lot of people that help with the ownership. Yeah. They don't have the the capital to Not buy the them, team out, right? Some of them do, like Kraft, Jerry Jones, right? Jerry you know, Richardson, some some of them, you know, some of them do, but some the of them, blank, these are billionaires, right? Some of them don't have it, so they they do go into groups with people that are yeah, interested. Yeah. But but not, I think but you I think you might be right they, on that. But they get no TV time. These guys, nah, these owners, not. these owners aren't aren't really, you know, aside from a few cuts, you know, here and there of them sitting in the stands or in the VIP box eating popcorn or whatever, you know, we don't even see these guys. The thing is, it's that from what we've discovered or what we come to understand in the NFL, obviously we need to either stop complaining or do something about it. And what has been brought up to our attention is, hey, you know, if we don't like all these things that the NFL is doing, whether it's, you know, punishing a player like Colin Kaepernick for standing up for something that obviously needs to be stood up for, right. or, you know, dealing with certain players in terms of domestic, domestic abuse or, or drug issues or, you know, gun issues or right. whatever is going on, the way they handle these situations. We just had that situation that you brought up with um, Whitehead. You know, you know, a mistaken identity, and you're still getting kicked off the team. Meanwhile, your star running back is, has a pending court case that he did do something for, and he's perfectly fine. You know, he might get suspended a game or something like that. What are we going to do? Are we going to sit here and just complain about it, or are we going to hit them where it hurts, which obviously would include boycotting the NFL for some period of time until certain changes are made? Can, can I give, like, a really realistic example of how this could work and how people would actually do it? Amen. <clears throat> Because bottom line is we're black, white, green, purple, pink. We're a football nation. Just like how people say we're a Christian nation, we're a football nation. So people that aren't really down for the cause, and even people that are, that want to be pro-black, conscious or whatever, or woke or whatever the case may be, are going to watch football. Now, if you think that things should change, I say everybody get you an Amazon Fire Stick and watch the season there. The ratings will drop. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. No, seriously. Something needs That's to be it. done. And I but think then, that is a very realistic. Again, because I don't think it's like, yeah. because like, you know, um, it was a big thing a while back and I'm not going to get too deep. Um, Killer Mike went out and wanted all of us to go bank black, right? Mm -hmm. They told you to get away from Wells, Chase, whatever. And I think thousands of accounts were opened at uh, uh, One United and, yeah. and all these banks. And um, it was a great like hoorah or let's stand up. But it was, it was short-lived. It was right. short-lived. Right, so again, those things take time. We have to change our mentality, but it's all about consistency. Right. So realistically speaking, I'm I'm giving a real world example of how we could just actually just say, you know what? I love football. I'm only boycotting because I want the situation to be better and to get what I want, which is my entertainment on Sunday after church. Mm -hmm. I'll watch it, but I won't allow you to make money off it. But yeah. no, but you gotta realize with that issue there. Most people have basic cable. They do. And basic cable, you're going to have Channel 4 and Channel 7. So Both those channels game. play football. They show football. Right. So going the route, you can't get away from it because you're still going to pay for your cable because that's not going to be the only thing on TV. Well, you know, a lot of people are dropping their cable for fire sticks. Well, a lot, but a lot of people you still agree, keep... JB? A lot of people still keep the regular basic cable. But if though. they're not tuning in, they're not getting the ratings. I'm not talking about having the package. I'm talking about because in the NFL has these contracts, and we just said that 5 million people actually, if you actually look at the figures, and this was a white man on a 
white man show with a black coon that said <laughs> that's very rude, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna need you not use because these I'm, not gonna, slurs I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Whitlock. I'm not gonna Whitlock on my own show. I'm not gonna be Whitlocking on my own show. Yeah. I'm just simply saying that at the end of the day, I understand people have basic cable. I understand that it is a change in behavior. But at the end of the day, as Chris asked, are we gonna do something about it? And I'm just providing a solution where we can still watch football yeah. and affect the most prominent part of how you get oppressed, which is the money. Bottom line, if you, it, and that's why, and not that I have a problem with it, because marching brings awareness, awareness, boycotting brings change. Yeah, I think something needs to be done. And, I, and that, I'm glad you brought a real-life solution that people can actually do and still get, what, get the best of both worlds. And, but the thing is, I guess... What did you say? You said people might have the general package, or people right. are still I just don't have want the CBS basic stuff. and Fox. Well, yeah, I think okay. I think what you said is realistic, but we just got to remember the main reason that we want this, or the boycott in general, would be if you know what would stop the boycott. Obviously, the way they're treating Colin is it all about Colin, or is it bigger than Colin? It's bigger than Colin, but I think Colin is like the the linchpin. He's like he's like the main focus right now because like I made a post on Facebook right before this podcast started and I said I might be a Ravens fan and the reason I might be a Ravens fan is not because Colin Kaepernick is like such a great player Marcus Garvey or Muhammad Ali or, or, or Malcolm X it's because I would respect the fact that the Ravens actually made or took a chance on somebody that's actually gonna make their football team better go ahead Kenzie sound like you want to chime in let me um, let me just um say this real quick. I don't really like talking about the negativity that happens in sports like that. That's why I'm not really commenting on it. But we all have like great archives of what happens in sports. That's why we're in the show. Right, right. So let's not forget that Ben Roethlisberger once upon a time was a was a was alleged to be touching women. <laughs> Actually, wasn't that multiple times too? I think two or three times he did it. I'm just saying, like, nothing never happened to high-profile, light Caucasian people <laughs> in the NFL. And nothing really, you know, oh, yeah, he just got come in. Let's talk about something else. But as soon as it hits a demographic so they can put themselves superior, they're going to do that. And then at the end of the day, they're still going to go and try to get contracts from the NFL because they're the one that's dishing out the bread. They're still going to go with the non-guaranteed money. What they need is a players association. They need to get together as players and stand up for each other because everybody else is on that. Hey, man, we ain't doing nothing. That's what's still paying us over here. Yeah, it's, it's a real field Negro. Dang, I really wanted to say the word so you can hear the conviction in my voice. <laughs> it's a real field Negro. Um, no, house Negro, I'm sorry, mentality. Well, yeah. take a look think, at the... I think we need a little more field Negroes. I think we need some Nat Turners. We like, need some really? Nat Turners? Yeah. You know, there needs to be something done because take a look at the, the CTE report that just came out right. in regards to the concussions. Well, these people are really putting their lives on the line. And, you know, when you look at it, you know, they got to sit here and see news of, like, Steph Curry getting 200-something million dollar contract with James Harden, no 228. defense, yeah. 228, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, Meanwhile, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, they... they, they you know, they're watching these guys get these contracts. Meanwhile, they're risking their life playing football 
for the sport and for the passion, and they're not getting no kind of collective bargaining. I want to pose a question thing. on that, actually. I want to pose a question that, that I thought was very interesting, which was, do you think that – I'm going to play devil's advocate because I don't actually agree with this, but I'm just, I just want to see what your, your take is on this. Um, part of the non-guaranteed money has to do with a lot of times they're going to use the argument that you're not going to play hard if you're injured, if your money's guaranteed. A lot of times these people are actually taking these quarter zone shots, playing with bad backs, bad limbs, bad whatever, because they know the money isn't guaranteed. So they're actually putting their body at more risk to get more money. So do you think that the owners or whomever opposes what we're saying would say, well, you know what, we're not going to play hard. So why, why would we give them guaranteed contracts at that point? You know, they're, they're already at risk for injury. So like guarantee the money. Oh my God. Now they'll become lazy. These millennials, like, you know, you know what's really sad is that um, as, as much as I want to disagree with what you just said, <laughs> you, we know what percentage of players are in the NFL right now, and we're talking about the ones that actually even get the guaranteed money, right. how much they underperform. It's not, not to be rude or messed up, not really not so much on the defensive end. On offense, <laughs> man, we see it every day. We yeah. see some of these guys with these big contracts. Brock Osweiler. That is, just, but, but, but is it just, talent or is it effort? See, it's eff- I'm talking about effort. I'm talking about they, they, know, they, they, they know they got it already. They, got, I, they got paid. But you so know what? Somewhat, a somewhat, point, yes or no, in terms of what we're talking about, about in the grand it's the grand it, it's, it's definitely a valid point. Valid. And, you know, just thinking about that more uh, in, a, in a deeper level, what you're going to run into is are what an issue can be and why I kind of see your valid point but disagree with you. Well, I disagree with it. I was just playing. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, like we all said, you know, they're, they're putting their lives out there. You know, first game of the season, you could go out there on the kick return and take a nasty hit. And that's the end of your career. It could be. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you know, it's not like other sports where, well, not all, but. Others like basketball and baseball, for example, you know, you're going to go out there. The risk level is much lower, but the money is much higher. Yeah. And that's the crazy part. But but in 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 into what you were saying, as far as, you know, they'll underperform or whatnot. Yeah. You know, if I'm paying this person a hundred million dollars guaranteed. Well, they're going to go out there and they're going to get my money back because they're not giving $100 million just to some random person, even right, though right. lately it seems like that with Tim Hardaway and that 70-something million dollars he just got. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The Knicks are terrible. Mm-hmm. But moving on, um, and that's the, that's, that's the problem there. You know, it, it's one of those where the owners know that, you know what, if I'm going to give Steph Curry $201 million, I'm going to get that back. Because as long as I keep this team together, the money is going to be there. The fans are going to show up. The merchandise is going to sell. We're going to always be playing into June. And that's how you look at it. Now, on the NFL side, even though they're playing less games, I mean, you're only talking 16 games, the amount of work that goes into preparation for a game, what they have to put their bodies through during the week, and then to go out there on a Sunday and work hard and do all of everything that's required for or of them, you run into that, that issue where they should be given a little bit more guaranteed money because they are essentially working a lot harder than a baseball player, for example. I feel baseball players are probably the laziest athletes out there. 
Other than golf players. Yeah, I mean, there's more skill in golf. You know why why this is a travesty and why we should really consider the whole boycott situation is just in terms of league revenue, today, right now, the NFL is the highest grossing professional sport in the United States. Mm -hmm. Second is baseball. Third, second is baseball. Crazy, right? Right. Third is the NBA. And it's not like it's by a little bit. Last year, they projected well over $13 billion in gross revenue. 13 with a B. And, you know, per club, we're talking $383 million per club. In, in, In the NBA, it's like 196. So we're talking over $200 million more okay. in a sense close to okay. or 150 million dollars more so the money don't get me wrong is there are there more players named nfl of course but what's the league minimum again or, or 300,000 maybe i think yeah there, you know three. So, so what do you do with that guy right so i'm gonna play devil's advocate again not that i agree with what i'm saying mm-hmm. i just want everybody to think okay so same situation somebody gets hurt is guaranteed money right your fifth string wide receiver is your gunner or a special team's ace, right? He gets hurt in the third game of the season, but you're paying him $2 million guaranteed. Now that's dead cap. Yeah, you're right. So you would have to restructure the salary cap to some degree because the risk in getting injured and having dead cap in the NFL with more players, let's say, for instance, we're talking – four or five players could be hurt or put on the injury reserve list as opposed to maybe one or two really kind of get hurt in the NBA on a team, you know what I'm saying, for a long period of time where they're gone. But there have been times where I even knew um, in the Green Bay Packers uh, Super Bowl winning season, I think it was like 10 to 15 players on the injury reserve list. So imagine if all that money was dead cap, was guaranteed. That would be an issue for the owner. Okay. How do we combat that in saying, like, well, it wouldn't be fair to me as the owner. You want to boycott me, man, but I can't pay for this. Yeah, but think about it, though. With the NFL, but the NFL, you're only playing 16 games. So if a player gets hurt, say, in week nine, all right, they're going to miss a little less than half of the season. And then most likely they'll be ready for training camp. Are you going to be paying $50,000 a week to somebody that's got a broken fibula? Like, But, but think, but, though, you're only missing a few games as opposed to. Someone in NBA, they tear their ACL. They're missing maybe 82 games if it happens during but training camp. we're this money. Though. Yeah, but, like, you got to understand the fraction, too. Like, six, one game out of 16, it's a bigger percentage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're prorating the money. You missing 10% of the season or 5% of the season. And then to get back to the point where, like, if all the players that get hurt, then you, your free agents and the NBA – you only got to replace up to 12, which is about $6 million to replace your whole team. To replace just the offense, let's say half your, half your offense defense is hurt, My, you're looking at about $100 million just to replace your offense if something drastic <laughs> happens. Right. No, you're right. I guess for me, the only reason why, when, we, when you sit there and break this down, though, that, that kills me is that we just went over how much per club these, these, uh, these, these um, teams. teams are getting. You know, over $383 million is the average in regards to, you know, league-wide for the owners, right? The highest, the highest paid player in the NFL right now per year is David Carr. I mean, Derek Carr. What? Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Yeah, sorry, Derek Carr. 
at 25 million a year. It's the highest. That's the most that goes out to one guy out of the 383 million. That's yeah, getting. Yeah, but it's a bigger staff. <laughs> you know, you got. It is a bigger staff, but they're, they're not. They're, yeah. Not everyone's getting a mill, right. though. You're not gonna pay. You're not gonna pay number 53 on your roster what you would pay number one on your roster. Yeah, they're yeah, not all getting might a get mill. The league minimum, right. but should that league minimum be guaranteed? We're talking about the heights. I'm talking about there's nobody in the NFL that gets more than that. That's the highest. Because then they make up. Uh, have the training staff in the NBA is about five, six people. The training staff in the NFL is another 40 people. You get what I'm saying? I guess. I guess. I, man, but these guys is making like $60,000 and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I hear what you're saying. The merchandise. I hear what you're that. saying. But anyways, long story short, should we boycott or not? Yes. I, I would say yes. I, I would say yes. I think the, the players need to get together. I mean... Like, boycott watching the game, they're going to find new people to watch it, man. You <laughs> well, and, and, that's, and you gonna, know what? Right they're going to make new NFL fans. But, but that's the that's problem right there. There are always going to be people that are going to watch football, and these owners don't care. They know that. Just like when they had replacement players, they know that they're going to go out there and still find people to wear their uniform, and, that are, and there's going to be people that are going to watch. So they know they always will have the leverage in those regards. I mean, the only thing that will, the performance and maybe the level of which we're used to obviously won't be there, but most people will still watch. All right. I mean, JB, what you say? You could get replacements, like, okay, we're going to replace them, but are the new players going to sell as many jerseys as Tom Brady in them? No. You get what I'm saying? So that's what's making the money, too, like the apparel. Football got a way more equipment that they can put their name on. Yeah. Themselves. Basketball is not that much equipment. A lot of the stuff that they make money on is, 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 is way past the sal- I mean, uh, TV deals. It's apparel, jersey sales. Um, you know, all these people that die hard football fans like like you said, you might have a guy that has no cable to watch other sports, but golf and football and come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those, those NBA games are on premium channels. You know what I'm saying? But that that's a whole other topic. Of course, itself. of course. But, you know, like, football is always going to be around, especially now that it's taken to, like, the Internet with the fantasies and stuff like that. Fan Can't duels. wait till that happens. Football is not going anywhere unless the players do something about it. Got it. Mm-hmm. I think um, hmm, that's going to be very hard because especially in Florida, it's a football <laughs> state. It's a football state. Even in high school, like yeah, I said so in the first episode. We already have, like, uh, what, withdrawals for these four or five months. We'd be out. Right, right, yeah. right. So to get people to do that, it's going to be very hard. But if we can get the NFL players to get their salaries or the money that they're making and start buying up the hoods that they're from, buying up stores that's in the neighborhood and start uh, employing people from that neighborhood, okay. it'll be more of a, more of a, uh, uh, an effect than, you know what I'm saying? Uh, right, so you think if, if the NFL players started buying up the block, yes, um, then in turn, it would the be, community would, would 
stand by them. So, so what you're <clears> proposing <throat> is internalizing the solution instead of externalizing the solution. Instead of pointing the finger at mm -hmm. NFL owners, pointing the finger at what's going on there, we change the overall image of what the NFL players represent, and we do some more within our own communities. But I, there, there's people are doing stuff in the community, though. Yeah, but they need to do more. Okay. Right, and if, if the NFL they players more. did it, yeah, if maybe they started, we, would, we would stand up more. Like, if, imagine if there were 15 Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, if that's where you're going, mm -hmm. then preach. That's actually, <laughs> that was a, that, wow, mind blown. <laughs> because I want to I I quit my day job big time, right? Mm -hmm. But I need something to fund my dream. Right, right. So them keep working can fund the dream of everybody if they focus properly. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, you know, that's my point. Okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, okay, I mean, guys, we really kind of went in there. Do we have a, do we have a really good fact of the day? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so it is Thursday, July 27th, and this day in sports, your fact of the day, you know, because everybody is entitled to their own set of opinions, but not everybody's entitled to their own set of facts. Something we never talked about on the show, action sports, skateboarding, Tony Hawk. Anybody remember him? Of course. Of course. Right, 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 right. So like the godfather of skateboarding, I would say to some degree, especially in the mainstream, he landed his first 900 on this day in 1999. Imagine that. A guy wow. did two flips in a half flip on a skateboard in 1999. Wow. <laughs> so that's our fact of the day. Uh, Do you remember the games? I don't, I don't, I don't. No, nah, man, listen, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, man, I was a big gamer back in the day. That's, that really exposed a lot of young black kids to skateboarding because we didn't even know none what, of these people. What do we think about Bam X Games? Bam Margera, I didn't yeah. even know these people. What, about, what do you think about the X Games? Is it going to get any bigger? You know, do you I, think it's going to cross over? World, I, yeah, that, yeah, he's like, why are you bringing up a whole other side? This is what we do because everybody <laughs> I mean, has an opinion. Everybody and does I have an opinion. <laughs> but no, um, you know, one thing I want to say is, is for those of you that are listening, make sure you guys tell people about the show. If you enjoy the, the content, you know, share, follow us, subscribe to us on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Listen to us live every single Thursday on YoPodna.com. Um, and so that we could actually kind of keep this engagement going on. Shout out to Kenzie. For calling in. You know, he much came in, he dropped much some love, facts much in love. there, you know, put some... Hey, you ever heard Umar say it? Facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So we love y'all and appreciate you guys. Make sure you continue to share this. Um, one thing, you guys got any last words? Y'all got anything y'all want to leave uh, the people uh, with? I mean, I just want to say my little last thing. At the All end. right, not a problem. Not a problem, man. So you already know everybody has an opinion. What's yours? <laughs> Listen, we're talking about practice.